Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, David. David. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 37 through 42. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? Uh, Here we go. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, this moment. Thank you for the gift of your word for loving us so much that you wanted to leave us with uh, with a beautiful church that we can be in community with a, with your word in the Bible, with the Eucharist and all the sacraments. Thank you for your love. Please, as we open up the gospel that we will hear this Sunday, please help our hearts to be in a state of wonder and awe as to how much you love us. And then uh, and just prepare our hearts to meet you in a special way. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Tom, you want to give us a little gospel love today? Sure. Again, the gospel's from Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 to 42. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. More than, more than. When I read this the first time, I was like, you got to be kidding me. We're called to love, love our neighbors, and then love our enemies. But here it says, whoever loves father or mother more than me, whoever loves son or daughter more than me, I'm like, Lord, what does this mean? And it really broke up into my heart is, the first commandment, the greatest commandment, as Jesus was challenged to say, what's the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And from that primary relationship, then all other love relationships flow. But if I put father or mother above my relationship with God, I do not have the capacity to love them the way God loves them, because it's only through that primary relationship between my heart and the heart of the Father as his son that I'm filled with his love, and then that love throws through me to my mother, to my father, and whoever loves son and daughter more than me. Again, these are God's children first and foremost. This is God's son that's been entrusted to me. This is God's daughter that's been entrusted to me. So my responsibility 
is to make sure that my relationship with God as my father, as his precious son, who he delights in, is in right relationship. Because then through that relationship, God chooses to love his son and his daughter through me. God chooses to love my father and my mother through me. So for me, this makes total sense when you get that. Because God's not saying, don't love your mother, don't love your father, don't love your son, don't love your daughter. What he's saying is, don't put them above me. Because anything or anyone, including your spouse, your husband or your wife, that you put above God is is, is making them, an, you know, it's idolatry. The two, three words that came to me in that first part of the gospel was uh, was priority priority and sacrifice and suffering. So like you're talking about, David, it's where, where does God, does God have first place, right? Is, is he first in everything? And, uh, and that's, that, that is, that's hard. You know, it's, it's hard to, to grasp, you know, like mom, dad, they're here. My husband, my wife, they're here. My kids, they're right here. Um, but it's, he's being very clear that, um, that he needs to be the priority. And then he's saying about taking up our cross. You know, whoever does not take up the cross after me is not worthy of me. And that gets, that gets down to sacrifice and suffering. And, uh, you know, as we're in the midst of celebrating the 100-year anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima, that was her message. That was her message to the kids. They were little kids, nine years old, seven years old, six years old. Are you willing to suffer and sacrifice to save souls? Are you willing to suffer and sacrifice to save souls? And they said yes. And they went through a ton of suffering from ridicule and just being just mocked to physical suffering, sickness. The, you know, the two youngest ones, Jacinta and Francisco, died within two years of the apparition, suffered greatly in their death. Um, but they said yes. So they offered up all that suffering that came to them. And then they intentionally sacrificed for the salvation of souls. So what a great call here. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me, right? At Mass, we say, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So, you know, we, we want to be worthy of him. So uh, taking up our cross, you know, follow the leader. Our leader did it. Jesus is our leader. You know, he, he embraced his cross. So, you know, it's a, it's a great examination. And my dad used to teach me, how do you, you can tell where your priorities are by looking at two things, where where does your time go and where does your money go? Where does your time go? Where does your money go? And uh, you know, as we prioritize our lives, you know, let's let's look at that. You know, where where are we spending our time? You know, I, so many times I say oh, I didn't have time to pray or I didn't have time to go to adoration, but then I look at all those wasted moments, and if you accumulate those wasted moments, I man, there's a there's a holy hour waiting to be to be had. So priority and sacrifice and suffering. That's beautiful, Robin. What you just shared with me brought back to me an incident that happened at Daily Mass this week when I was there. A friend of mine has been battling with blood leukemia. He's my age, and he's such a precious man and beautiful children and grandchildren. I'm like, Lord, I don't get it. I don't understand. I've been praying for a miracle healing in this man's life, and I don't understand why this man is being put through this. But it's right here. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me. And what the Lord put in my heart when I cried that out, that, you know, I said, Lord, why? And what I heard in my heart, that still quiet voice, was this. 
I am using his suffering to help a multitude. And I had 100% peace when I heard that. Because you know what? What a gift. This man is such a soldier for Christ. And he's uniting, as Scripture tells us to do, he's uniting his suffering with Christ. And then God is receiving that. The Father is receiving that gift and using that to help so many other souls come home to himself. So you know what? Who am I? This man is a living testimony to the scripture reading, to unite your sufferings with Christ, take up your cross, follow what Jesus did in that, in that, oh, the stations of the cross, if you've never done it, man, take time, just go and just meditate at each one. Be Christ in that image and who's falsely accused you, who's, who's condemned you, you know, who's gossiped about you, and then realize the pain and suffering that Jesus went through, offering it up to the Father for what? the salvation of souls, the salvation of you and I's soul. So, boy, when I heard that, just gave me great peace, that uniting up that suffering with Christ for the salvation of souls. David, I'm picking up on what you said at the beginning when, you know, you said whoever you picked up on whoever loves father or mother more than me or whoever loves son or daughter more than me. And I was thinking to take it a little, you know, a little further is, you know, when you think about Jesus and he says, you know, it's not worthy of me. Who is me? Because he says right here, it's the person who takes up his cross and follows after me. So if you really push it a little further and think, well, if I put Jesus, if I put God ahead of these other people, it doesn't mean that I lo- don't love them, but it, but then it requires that I come back to them and sacrifice for them. So in loving him and putting the, you know, this self-sacrificing love Ahead of any individual, it requires that we go back to those people with Jesus and we come back more worthy, more precious, more valuable, more of service to those people because we have put him ahead of them and it gives us the opportunity to then be him to them, as you were saying. So it's a it's pushing a little deeper. It took, the logic to me made perfect sense too because it's like if I put him ahead of them – it will require me to go back to them and love them in a way so much better than what I could do on my yeah. own, you know, than just fumbling around with my own means. Yeah. Same thing with our families. You know, if I come back to my family with the love of Jesus, how much better is that than just me fumbling around trying to love them the way I think is, you know, makes the most sense to me as opposed to the logic of love, the sacrifice, the taking up your cross and following after me. And all those people that you mentioned um, are benefiting from the suffering of one person, they benefit from our suffering. Our family benefits from our suffering. Our loved ones benefit from our suffering. The people that we work for and strive for and the people that we try to minister to through our ministries here in our work, they all benefit from that. Yeah, so don't don't waste the gift of our suffering. Right. Offer it up. I mean, yeah. I never understood that, but I do now. It's like, oh my goodness, offer it up. I have a toothache right now that's not going away. <laughs> you know what? I can pray for it to heal, or I can go to the dentist, and God will use the dentist to help it heal. But I can offer up the suffering. You know, use it. God will take all those gifts if we offer them back to Him, and we'll use it in the salvation of souls. I love it. Yeah. And Tom, as you're sharing, I was just thinking what Jesus said to us, love one another. Give you a new commandment. Love one another as I I have have loved you. you. Right. Love one another as I have loved you. And uh, what you're sharing, Tom, makes me think of a a 
a, a talk that I was listening to this week. And in the midst of the talk, the the gentleman was, was uh, discussing relationships, and he, and he used the term transactional relationships. Mm-hmm. And he said that there was a guy that he was helping and working with, bought his wife a car. He said, well, I bought my wife this car, and the only thing, I only got a hug out of that. <laughs> I said, well, that, that, that's a transactional relationship. What do you mean? Like, didn't you buy it because you love her? And you, know, you, you should expect nothing in return. He said, well, I bought her this house, and she doesn't even keep it clean. Again, that's a transactional relationship. So the way that you ordered it, or the way that Jesus ordered it, and the way that you broke it open, Tom, makes so much sense that if we love God first and we're required and driven and, and motivated to love others, and then we won't expect anything mm-hmm. from them. And we can ask God for that grace. I think that's a grace, right? I think God needs to give us the grace to truly do that, to, to give without expecting anything, to, to give compliments, to give time, to give resources, to give without expecting anything. So if we see God in the people in our lives, mom, dad, brother, sister, husband, wife, friends, if we see God in everybody and we're doing whatever we do, saying whatever we say, giving of ourselves to them, we're, we're giving to God. And God already gave us every, everything, yeah. right? So yeah. then it, the, the thing it take it'll help take away that that tendency to expect, right? The, you know, yeah. the yeah. And in order to give something, Rob, you first have to do what? Receive, Receive. It. yeah. So that's the key is in that reception. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I put this little ditty down, a little acronym and ditty. I, I call for divine help because I can't do it on my own. My human nature rises up. Divine help. And the divine help, the acronym is SOS. We know that's the international sign for, for help. Worldwide recognized, but that's also the divine SOS, the divine code for help. At first S, silence. It's in the silence that we hear the still quiet voice of the Father. The O, obedience. It's obeying God's commands. He set them in a priority order for a reason, for us to obey them. Why? To keep us on track, to keep us in that pathway to heaven which is lined with the stepping stones of humility. And then the last S, surrender. Surrender. I can't do it without you. And that's the key to this set part. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Well, that's an oxymoron. What do you mean? If I find it, then I've got it. I'm good to go, right? No, no, no. That means you've found it. You've done it. Your accomplishments, your new car, your new house, your new job, your prestigious this. Stop that. That's not life in abundance. That's not life in the spirit. But whoever loses his life for the sake of the kingdom of God, for the sake of the Lord, will find it. And that is what Jesus Christ came to give us, the abundant life. He laid down his life for each and every one of us so that we could have life and have it in abundance, but not the way the world views it the way that the divine measuring stick, which is that life in abundance, which is a great adventure where we keep giving and what we get back in return is the is the gifts of the Holy Spirit that money can't buy. The peace, the joy, the kindness, the generosity, the gentleness. So for me, boy, I mean, I, and I don't know if anyone's ever picked up a cross, but if you could ever feel the weight of that on your shoulder and then try and move with it, I can't imagine the, and using the word, excruciating pain the Lord felt as he took on the weight of all of the world's sin from beginning to end and then carried it. And as my friend said, not only pick it up and take it, but embrace it because it's through the cross that we're formed more perfectly into the image and likeness of Christ. Every day of my life, I don't want to lead. 
I want to follow Jesus. He may choose to use me as a leader, but then I didn't do it. That's a good thing. Because the moment I say, I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that, we're actually robbing and stealing from God because it is the Lord Jesus Christ who does everything in us, with us, and through us. Yeah, I'm thinking, too, of a reflection I read years ago called A Doctor at Calvary, and you were talking about Jesus picking up his cross and carrying it. Um, I think, too, that the carrying of the cross, and we think about that, was preceded by a loss of blood in the garden from sweating, which is could be very debilitating for some people. It creates a fatigue that's unbelievable from what I've read, because it, ha- it does happen to people. Um, uh, under extreme stress and then being up all night being slapped being scourged being um, you know being deprived of any nutrients any food so there's I imagine when he picked up that cross he was already at the end of his rope and his maybe in his own human senses how can I do this and yet I think it's the word that you said that really caught my caught my, my attention was he embraced it. He didn't just pick it up and say, well, I guess I got another hill to climb here. He picked it up and embraced it. He, he loved it because what it represented for us, what it represented for all of humanity. And he picked that up and walked with it and embraced it because I don't think a human being could do that, even somebody who's God and man under the, you know, having the human limitations that he had if he if he didn't pick that up. And I think, too, that the, the point that really kind of pushed it for me was you said, that's what we have to do with other people. When we get to the point, and I, re, I recall what, there was a poison that creeped into my life when my kids were a little older and they were driving and they were going to college. And I was thinking, you know, I wasn't getting the kind of appreciation that I thought I deserved. And it was a poison. It took me years to get it out of my system before I recognized that those things were given to me. They were gifts, the work that I was doing, the things that I was able to, to provide my family. They were gifts to me that I could give to them and to expect recognition or appreciation back. Now, some at some level, but it, I think it was inordinate. And the other thing is you start praying the litany of humility mm-hmm. and you say, well, look, do I mean that or don't I mean that when I pray that? You know, yeah. And so part of it was – and my, I, I can't honestly say that my kids were ungrateful. They just weren't as grateful as maybe I thought they should have been. But then I started to realize I can offer that up too. Yeah. Because I'm not getting what I think I should, that transactional thing that you brought up, bro. I'm not getting back what I think I should get. Well, that's okay. You know, I know they care. I know they love me. And if I'm not getting back what I think I should get, it's okay. That's part of my sacrifice. It's part of being Jesus to other people. It's because that's what he did. He didn't ask for anything back from us when he was hanging on the cross. Gratitude, Tom. It, it, it's funny because we're, we're serving at a camp this week. So we've just been uh, helping out for number of years at a camp called Camp Guadalupe in, in honor of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And this year, the theme is Be the Light. And mm-hmm. I was sitting in on uh, on one of the music sessions. And in the beginning of the music session, the, the young man that was leading it uh, did this litany of thanksgiving with the kids. And he was just talking about how to be thankful and what are we thankful for. And then he went around the circle and each kid said a specific thing that they were thankful for. And then he had this, this, re, that, this, you know, this constant prayer, Lord Jesus, thank you. And, and it was beautiful, like the way he sang it and all the kids were singing it. And it just put us all in, the, it was like so peaceful. It was so peaceful. And, and if you think about it, you know, when I'm not grateful, 
or I'm, you know, if I have one of something and I want two, or if I have a small and I want a medium, then you, you don't have peace because you're always looking for that next thing. And in that room, when we were all just sharing with God what we were grateful for, with each other what we were grateful for that God has given us, it just created this sense of peace. And uh, so that's that's a good lesson for all of us. And and Tom, as a dad, I fall into that. Just just last week, I you know cooked this breakfast, like six different things, and yeah, I'm yeah. going, I'm going, and going. And people you know sit down, and and by the time I'm still finishing, like they're like finishing preparing it, they're like almost done and, and out of the out of the kitchen. Yeah. And I was like, man. And then later, like you know, I held the door open for him at mass, and everybody walked through the door and didn't didn't say thank you. And then you know, I saw someone else like out of the family hold. I was like, maybe they'll thank him. I was like. They didn't thank him, and I like yo guys after mass. It's like yeah, there's some stuff that went on today that you know I, you know I cooked this breakfast and oh thank you dad, like before he even finished. Now you just got your reward. I know, I know, (laughs) yeah, right. So again, uh, why do we do what we do? Is it for the appreciation for the you know for that that gratitude, or is it because we love? Yeah, you know what I found um, eventually that helped suck the poison out of the wound was that they were probably doing what I was doing because I was spending probably most of my time wondering why I wasn't getting gratitude back, but I wasn't given any. When I started to appreciate my kids more, I started to live that reality, and then it started to, it melted in my heart, but also because I came to realize you know what good kids they were how hard they were working the things they were doing how their you know their minds maybe weren't picking up on it because maybe I wasn't demonstrating it so the more grateful i got to for them for the gift that they were to me the more grateful they became and i think that's what that's what melted my heart and i think pr- probably helped melt theirs too and i don't know dave hopefully i'm not putting you on the spot but what tom is sharing just uh, reminds me of something that you shared earlier this week about weeds in the flower garden and that's can you can you share? Well, that? it's so true. Too many times I I wake up and I start my day and I see all the weeds in God's beautiful garden, mm. and I point them out, and then I question people, why didn't you pull that weed? Why didn't you pull that weed? Well, I have the wrong set of glasses on. I have the glasses on that are seeing all the negatives, as opposed to putting the right glasses on to see the beauty of the flowers, the colors of the flowers, the aromas of the flowers, and, and I'm speaking in a metaphor. That's everybody that's in my life. Don't pick on the negatives. Don't pick on what they're doing wrong. Don't pick on all the little nitty-gritty things. Affirm them. Lift them up. Be positive. Because then when you come around to what do you think about – ask questions. Jesus taught me ask questions. What do you think about those weeds over there? Do you think we should take them out? Yeah, you know, that would be a great idea. They're more open to respond to you if you first start out putting the positive glasses on and seeing the beauty of the garden – and stop picking on all the little weeds. Because if we wear our weed glasses when we go out, nobody will measure up to what we expect them to be that day. Not our wife, not our children, not our coworker, not our boss, not the people in church, the people at the convenience store, the people that cut us off in traffic. Nobody will. Yeah. But if we break those glasses... And we put on the affirming glasses, the non-condemning. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Well, excuse me. Jesus Christ wants to live in us, with us, and through us. Christ wants to be have those affirming glasses, those positive, life-giving. We're supposed to have life-giving water coming out of us. And, and as you're sharing that, Dad, I'm, I'm looking down here at the gospel where it says, 
and whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones. So how refreshing is a cup of cold, cold water on a, on a hot day? Right. But for someone, for a person, how refreshing is it to receive a compliment, to receive an affirmation, yes. to receive a word of encouragement? So this cup of cold water that we're called to drink, yes, sure, literally, you know, some people are going to need cups of cold water. We all need refreshment. Right, so if we can, as mm-hmm. as fathers, grandfathers, if we could lead by example and giving and showing our gratitude, showing our appreciation, celebrating the flowers right. in our lives, yes. and that's going to refresh the people around us. Then we'll be, you know, we'll be starting and planting seeds of of a new culture in our family, a culture of appreciation, mm-hmm. a culture of encouragement, a culture of catching people doing things right. And uh, what a what a beautiful gift that would be for all of us. Well, that's beautiful the way you broke that metaphor open because one cup, only a cup of cold water, every act of kindness we do every day is an act of love. And guess what? The Lord says, you're not going to lose your reward if you do those. So for me, we have an opportunity throughout our day to affirm, be positive, give heavenly, let the Lord give heavenly kisses to us. That's what I want to do every day of my life, Rob. So thank you for pointing it out to that because you know what? To the Lord, every little act of kindness, holding a door, we play to an audience of one. We play to an audience of our Father in heaven. That's it. And and you mentioned reward. So the uh, the last word of this gospel is reward. And it's not like we just want to skate in to heaven. You know, they're, they're saying, I forget which one said that, I would come back and suffer the greatest sufferings until Jesus comes again, if I can merit the grace, earn the merit or get the grace of the merit of one Hail Mary said from my heart, like you're saying the little, little act. So, so in heaven, there are, you know, there's reward. Your reward will be great in heaven. So, you know, Jesus wants to lavish us with these amazing rewards in heaven of, of just of love and, uh, and one little cup of water. Yeah, and you know what? Too many times, and I'm speaking for myself here, too many times I turn down the cup of water mm. that someone uh, wants to give me. Someone wants to say, they say to me, Dave, can I help you with that? Oh, no, 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 I got it. Dave, can I get that for you? No, 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 I got it. You know what? That's wrong. Every time I do that, I am turning down the gift of their blessing to me, and I'm turning down that cup of cold water because I got it. I can do it. And I'm the Lord's really working on me in this. I'm wrong. I need to receive that blessing. Let them help me carry my stuff. Let them help me do whatever. Because every time I turn down that cup of water, I rob and steal from them the opportunity to be a blessing to me and to have a further interaction with them. So you know what? The Lord really opened my eyes to that to me this morning. And I don't want to miss those opportunities to allow people to bless me and to be a blessing to others. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. 
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.